Well, I want to first welcome those that are joining, of course, online, and then our 13 correctional facilities, our campuses in Austin, and then we are speaking to our 4 o'clock Sunday night service. Come on, Celebration Church, let's say hello to everybody that's joining us. Good to see you guys. Glad that you are here. And, of course, tonight, beginning at 5 o'clock, the food trucks show up. And then service will start at 6.30. So we have tried, we've done Monday nights, and we'll have probably nearly a 1,000 guys tonight. But we thought, you know what, men forget between today and tomorrow night. Let's just try to narrow the gap. Let's just try to make it so tight. We're like, oh, I forgot. You can't forget tonight. We made sure that there was a bad football game on tonight. The Jets play. If you like the Jets, you need salvation. And so that is the game. Now, I know the Giants and the Cowboys are playing, but that should not be a problem for the Cowboys. If the Cowboys lose to the Giants, you should be in the house of God anyway, serving the Lord. But I want you to be here. Food trucks available, 630 service, and uh, it's going to be a good time. We'll have a a great time. And then you need to be around, guys, but I really want you to be here tonight. And we've made it as easy as possible. We're excited about what God is going to speak to the men of celebration about. I also first want to recognize one of my best friends, someone that has been a mentor, has been a pastor. He is a man, he and his wife, who have been in ministry over 50 plus years. They have a hundred and nearly 130 locations around the world. Their home church is home church. They planted home church over 50 years ago in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. Locations now all over the world. They are in town visiting their grandchildren who are a part of Austin Christian University. Pastor Mel and Heather, would you stand? This is the Mullins. Pastor Mel and Heather. Canadians. Real Canadians. Where are my Canadians today? Let me see, how many Canadians do we have? The one with the skull hat on. God bless you. <laughs> of course, that's my brother right there. He's from my part of the world. I was actually born in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, Canada. So I'm a Canadian. If things keep getting worse, but Canada's worse. So I used to think, I used to think I'll take off, but not anymore. Um, with that being said, I'm excited about today's message because this, this is a message that is going to kind of capture the heart of the season that we are in. And how many believe that the Thanksgiving season is a good reason to rekindle and to remember the spirit of thankfulness and, and gratefulness? How many would agree with me? Okay. I'm by the applause meter. I am hitting exactly what God wants me to hit tonight because you can't be a giant. You can't be a giant in the faith without gratefulness. Every man and woman that was considered a giant in the scriptures and to this very day, that if you're going to do something for God, there, there must be this ingredient that we're going to hit today, and that is the spirit of, of, of being grateful, being thankful, being reminded of this, of this reality. It's, a, it's frankly maybe one of the chief characteristics, and the chief characteristic of what is going to allow you to could continue in your walk and your and frankly, your usability to God. I want to go to the book of Daniel chapter 6. And the Bible tells us Daniel, for those that know the book of Daniel, it's a simple book. It's a, it's a fast book. I say simple in some ways. It's simple in that it's the story of a young man by the name of Daniel along with a few of his friends who are hijacked, literally, they are 
taken captive, brought back to Babylon, and they are being discipled in the ways of the world, the ways of Babylon. They're being fed, they're being clothed, they're literally being brought the DNA of the world. But it says they refused. Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, no matter what was offered to them, no matter what was served to them. And of course, the way that you get into a man's heart is through his what? His stomach. And the Bible says the king would feed them his royal food and serve his royal drink, his best of the wine, trying to do whatever he can to make these boys disconnect from who God is to the Babylonian gods. And they refused. And the Bible says they just continued no matter what was happening, no matter what they were going through, even in the fiery furnace, they would refuse to bow. How many know when you don't bow, you don't burn? And the Bible says they wouldn't bow, therefore they wouldn't burn, and they continued to burn bright for God. And fast forward now, we're in Daniel chapter 6, and the Bible says it seemed good to Darius to appoint 120 satraps, or governors, leaders, over the kingdom, and they would be in charge of the whole kingdom. And over them, three commissioners, of whom Daniel would be one of them, that these might be accountable to them and that the king might not suffer loss. How many know government officials do not want to lose (laughs) their power? And it says they would not want to suffer loss, therefore they were looking for able leadership. Verse 3, then this Daniel, this Daniel, just so that you're not confused about the other Daniel, this Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and satraps because he possessed an extraordinary spirit. There's something extra on his life, something not just different, but more. How many like anything that's extra? I love it when they give you extra. We gave you more. I don't care what it is. I like it. Sometimes the cashier will say, here's extra money. (laughs) Give it back. But, But I like to ask for extra. I love a malt. A malt. How many know what a good milkshake requires? Malt. I don't want just malt. I want extra malt extra sour cream. No, I mean, sorry, whipped cream. I want extra. (laughs) And I think all of us like it when someone goes above and beyond. I think all of us like that extra love, that extra amount, that extra piece of meat or steak or whatever that might be. And here's what they're noticing about this Daniel. He was distinguished or he was distinct. He was different. He stood out. And it was as though David or Daniel had something that we know what, and I want you to see today where our, I think is the subject's going to land us. Yes, he had the power of God on his life. This extra was God. It was making him have an unfair advantage over, over the competition. How many know that greater is he who's in you than he who is in the world? In other words, you got something extra. You got something more. You got inside traitor information. God can speak to you and talk to you about where to go and when to do it. And so as Daniel had and possessed this excellent, one translation would say this excellent spirit, 
The word there means it was preferred. It was a preferred spirit. In other words, the king preferred Daniel over the rest. That literally means in the Hebrew, he glittered. This extraordinary word means he glittered from afar. How many already have your Christmas lights up? Let me see your hand. Crazy people. I wish I had my lights on. We just haven't found anybody to do it yet. Under $10,000. Lori's going to be doing it this afternoon while I'm getting ready for the men's conference tonight. But the Bible says that he glittered from afar. His, his light could be seen throughout this dark Babylonian world. Guys, this was a dark world. This was a very bad nation, world, kingdom, realm. Horrible. Demonic powers were in rulership. Yet Daniel. Daniel shined brighter than anybody else, the Bible says. That also means he had permanence. That word there means it doesn't mean that he just shined like a comet. He was like a sun. He was permanent. He was consistent. It was constant. It never changed off of Daniel's life. No matter what, despite the season, the circumstances, the pressure, the attacks, the condition, Daniel's spirit, his life, his character was never altered. And what was it? And I want you to now see in verse 10 of the same chapter 6. says, now Daniel later on in that chapter is told that they passed a law. And the law was that if anybody prays to the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who created the universe, rather than the king or rather than the gods of Babylon, literally demons. If anyone were to bow and to pray to those gods, they would be left alone. But if anyone prays to the name and through the name of the Lord, they're going to be, they're going to be destroyed. They passed a law. They passed a, a rule. Because they knew the only way that they would capture or even contain the power of God on Daniel's life was that they're going to have to get him in his own convictions. They're going to have to get him to violate his own walk with God. Daniel, it says, knew when he found out that the document was signed, the law had been passed. It says he entered his house. Now his roof chamber, he had windows open towards Washington, I mean towards Jerusalem, the Bible says. And he continued kneeling when he knew that they were going to come and they were going to eventually imprison him and have him killed. Despite knowing that, he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying, and what? And giving thanks. I know a lot of people. How many believe in prayer? But I'm also here to tell you that I know a lot of people who believe in prayer, but they're not very thankful. They're not very grateful. You're not very, when it comes to what you go through every day in life, you're not very appreciative. In fact, the opposite of an ungrateful, un, or uh, the opposite of a thankful spirit or a grateful spirit is an entitled spirit. Let somebody violate your space. Let violate something that you believe belongs to you or should be done to you. Now we're going to find out. You may believe in prayer, but do you believe in thanks? Do you believe in being grateful? In all seasons, 
and at all times. We were in Washington, D.C. up until late last night. We were visiting May Claire, the grandbaby. And my son was there. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about, grandparents? And Caroline. We went to visit Caroline, and, but we saw, for the real reason, May Claire. And we flew to D.C. And I am having, by the way, I'm having knee replacement Wednesday morning. So pray for me Wednesday morning. And uh, I'll be, maybe I'll be back Sunday, but we'll see. We'll see what Dr. Lori says about me being back Sunday. And so I, because of not just the knee surgery, but because I've been every day working out just so that this knee doesn't stop working, I went to a life fitness in Alexandria. Many of you, if you're in the military or you go to D.C. quite a bit, you know this one large, it's called One Life Fitness. And so I went and I've been going there. I'll work out and then come back to the house and spend some time with, with May Claire and say hello to Mason. And uh, when I went, I parked and I drove Mason's little Honda Accord. It's a, it's a, it's a little car and and I parked right, I am the guy that is going to get out of the car and I'm going to make sure I am in the middle of my space. How many people can relate to me? How many people would wish more people would get out and look and see how they parked? And so I am, I mean, I hit it. In fact, I said to myself, that is a good parking spot. That, that's God right there. That's, that's an extraordinary spirit right there. So I go in, I ride my bike for an hour, work out a little bit, and I come out and I can notice that there's a Mercedes-Benz, a little SUV. I'm not going to say it was a female driving it or a male driving it. Probably a female, but I, I'm just going to say. <laughs> I came out, and uh, it might be the worst parking that you have ever seen in your life. To the point where when I, when I came to the car, she's, she's about, I say he, she. Let me get the pronouns correct on this <laughs> It's the only time you'll ever hear me say something about pronouns. Okay, so they had parked in this zone. Uh, yeah. okay. It's not a rally. Okay, hold on. But the car had parked about probably 8 to 10 inches in my space to the point where I could not get in the car. I couldn't get in it with a good knee, but now I can't get in it with a bad knee. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to get in somehow. I'm going to have to figure out how to get on the other side. But then I thought, no, I'm going to do what I can. And that means I'm going to have to collapse her collapsible rearview mirror. And I didn't do it genderly, but I did it. And I collapsed it to the point where, of course, it's fine. That's how they're made. I didn't break it, but I wanted to. But I collapsed it, and I said, come on, man, lady, whoever you are, and climbed in, and I'm happy. I'm, I'm unhappy. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I mean, because I'm not just unable to bend my knee to get into the car. I have to get in head first. People are looking at me thinking I'm robbing this old Honda, and uh, I'm trying to keep the towel on the seat because I'm soaking wet, and uh, I sit down, and I'm, I'm frustrated, and I felt like the Lord, if it was the Lord, but it was my conscience, reach out and fold her window, or her rearview mirror back, pop it back to where it's normal. I went, no. 
I want her, him, to know when they come out, they're going to notice their, their rearview mirror on the passenger side has been hit or it has been folded, and they should then notice that was a demonic parking <laughs> exercise. And I really felt like, no, Joe, be thankful that you got a car. Be thankful that you got a place to work out. Be thankful. Be, be grateful. And just do it because it's good. It's right. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. If you're here today, I want to say, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but I should have... I, I should have, I should have, I should have put the rear view mirror back to where it belonged. And if you will, I think what happens when you and I are not grateful, thankful, it makes you unrecognizable. That wasn't me. Oh, I'm not saying I'm that good. I'm just saying that's not me. And that's not the God inside of me. See, when Daniel is in prayer, he's not just in prayer. He's in thanks. Because these people are in his space. They're going to kill him. We're not talking about somebody not knowing how to drive. We're talking about somebody that wants to drive him out. And they want him dead. They want him gone. And the Bible says... If Daniel could have done anything, he could have called fire down from heaven. But he went up as he always did. And the Bible says as he consistently did, he got on his knees. He bowed as he always did three times a day. And that day he got on his knees as he always did with his window open. And he didn't just give prayers and give intercessions he said, thank you, God, that these people don't know how to park. And he was grateful. Let me ask you a question. If you were being attacked, accused, if people were trying to take you out, and of course, I think we all have our enemies, we all have our issues, we all have our scenarios and circumstances, I'm just going to tell you something. If you're not careful, you can say all day long, I believe in prayer and I'm praying. Yeah, but I can also tell you, I've met some of the most praying people who are the most unthankful people. And you're not recognized. God, listen, you're altered without being grateful. You are not the same. You don't look the same when you're an ungrateful, unthankful. Why? Because now you're entitled. And when you don't get what you're entitled to according to your thinking... You become bitter. And nothing alters a man or a person, a woman, faster than bitterness. Satan, listen, his poison, his venom is to get you to feel as though you've been mistreated. And there's nothing to thank God about. In fact, you just want to go the judgment route. And you want God to kill them and destroy them. And to vaporize them. The Bible tells us, even the psalmist David said, Lord, I don't get this. Why do the righteous suffer and the wicked or the evil? 
go about their day without any issues. He goes, but I am not going to allow myself to become that person who will suck or, watch, allow the venom of bitterness. Satan's venom comes into your life and will swell you up. I'm just telling you, it is going to change you and alter you because the day you are unthankful and ungrateful, you are now unrecognizable. And that extraordinary spirit, in my opinion, on David's life, uh, Daniel's life, yeah, we could talk about prayer, we could talk about righteousness, but for today, I want to tell you, I think it was that extra is what needs to be extra in your life, and that is God, thank you. Thank you. For what? Everything. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. I'm going to jump there for just a moment. The Bible tells us that we are to thank God for everything. All things. In everything give thanks. Verse 18 says, for what? This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is the will of God for me? Is it thanks? Or is it what I'm going through? That is the will of God for me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't believe, I'm not the one, I don't believe and subscribe and ascribe to the thought that God has blessed if you've been diagnosed, when Lori was diagnosed with cancer. I don't believe God says, today I'm going to bless you with cancer. I don't believe that God. Why? Because then that would make the God who walked among us, Jesus, doing and healing all in conflict with himself. How many would agree with me? Why would he go about healing and delivering all who were oppressed and sick, healing their diseases and their illnesses, and then come back and go, ah, you need that. But I do believe what is the will of God ultimately is in all things. Thanks. Even in betrayal? Yes. Even in rejection? This is Daniel. He was being betrayed. He was being rejected. He was being accused. There's a vodka bottle just spilling right there. I thank God for it. I think that when the Bible tells us he had an extraordinary spirit, it was this. I did not have an extraordinary spirit. When I did not push back. I should have said thank you Lord. For the opportunity to die to myself. Thank you Lord for the opportunity. To learn how to get into a Honda. <laughs> five days away from knee replacement surgery. <laughs> See if we're not careful guys. It's not if you're going to be offended. It's not if you're going to feel entitled. It's when. See, when you and I are no longer grateful or thankful, we're entitled. But really, the root of that is just pride. And it says that God can't do anything good out of this. How many know God can cause good to come out of all things? Why does he say this is the will of God for you in all seasons or at all times to give thanks? Because it's the difference maker. You know, I think prayer is often like, without thanksgiving, 
It's, it's like, it's like, um, it's like, how many like pancakes? Pancakes without syrup. That's not pancakes. It's cardboard. Now, I know some of y'all are maybe, oh, I love, I love pancakes without butter. I like pancakes. With, I just like my pancakes plain, said nobody. <laughs> Prayer and Thanksgiving. It's pancakes with syrup. Spaghetti without sauce. I mean, who likes just spaghetti with, I'm not talking salt and pepper. I'm not talking about a little olive oil, a little butter. I'm talking about just plain spaghetti. No. And it didn't work. It's like without thanksgiving and prayer, without having a grateful heart while you're seeking God and praying and asking the Lord to do whatever you're asking him to do. It's like, it's like Coke without a fizz. It's like, what's the point? It's the fizz to your Coke. It's the sauce to your spaghetti. It's the syrup to your pancakes. It's the extra It's the extra. How many like extra syrup? How many like the syrup more than you like the pancake? You like the butter more than the biscuit. Some of you have a little, if you will, a little coffee with your sugar. You know what I'm saying? The Bible says he gave thanks as he always did. He never left that house. Without not just praying, but without saying, I'm going to be thankful for all things, even when people come into my space, even when people are mishandling their car or they don't know how to drive. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, watch this, Paul writes these words, and I do believe this is my own theological position. It could be wrong, but I'm going to just tell you. Thinking about Daniel, who always and again prayed, but he prayed with thanksgiving. Rejoice or be thankful in the Lord. How often? Rejoice always. You can't rejoice unless you're thankful. So be thankful and rejoice in the Lord when everything is going great. When everything is going the way you want it to go. No. Always. Now that's somebody right there who needed that word or is bragging. But here's another one. Again, I, again, I will say rejoice. Uh, watch this. Always and again. Why did he say again? Why didn't he just say Rejoice in the Lord always, and then move on to the next verse. Because guess what? He knows you and he knows me. How many know God knows us? You need to do it again. <laughs> do it again. All of us, listen, I don't care how old you look. I don't care how old you are. You're just a little kid inside that old body of yours. And any good mentor and any good disciple and any good pastor and any good parent is going to say, no, you're going to do that again. Until you what? Until you get it right. Again means until you get it right. That just simply means until you start looking more like Jesus. How many are thankful that Jesus, when he walked this earth, he walked with thanksgiving? 
Bible says he would take that little piece of bread and he would hold it up to the Lord. And he gave what? He gave thanks. He gave thanks. That pathetic piece of bread became a meal for tens of thousands because of thanks. Oh, my life is pathetic. It's pathetic, maybe, because you refuse to give thanks. It might never come out of your pathetic position. It may never grow. It may never become what you want it to become until you give thanks. And you'll rip out Philippians chapter 4. And you will not listen to that message because watch the next thing. Notice it's all connected. Rejoice or be thankful in the Lord always. And I'm telling you again, make this a habit. This is what he's saying. Paul is saying it in this way. Have a habit of rejoicing, of being grateful, of being thankful. Cultivate it. Acquire it. Make it a part of your life. Because the next thing says after that, then you can be gentle. Because what happens when you and I are not grateful and thankful, we're not gentle. I want everyone to know that Mercedes-Benz license plate number. Instead of going, God, thank you that it gave me an opportunity to grow. Thank you that it gave me an opportunity to morph <laughs> and to alter my body. Four days away, five days away from knee replacement. Thank you that I have a car to come work out in. Thank you that I could afford the $7 workout charge. I tried to get for free, but they asked me if I was a resident, and I thought about it. <laughs> How many have played that card? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> watch this. So that, watch this. Let your anxious, your gentle spirit be known to all men. Be gracious, be kind, be thankful, be grateful, so that your gentle spirit can be known the Lord is near. Then verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? With thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And this is what I want you to see. The peace of God. That surpasses all comprehension. Will begin to manifest in your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I do believe we have a mental health issue. How many believe we have a real crisis of mental health in our world today? It's valid. It's real. We also have a bitter crisis. And when he says your mind and your hearts will be guarded through what? Through gratefulness. Because without being grateful and thankful for everything, you're going to suck in the venom of the Satan serpent. And his, his venom is poisonous. And it's going to kill you. It's not if you're going to have venom thrown your way. It's when. Be grateful, be thankful. And again, always, always, and again, always, and again. Like Daniel, he always prayed. He was always on his knees, but he wasn't always on his knees. He was always on his knees in prayer, giving thanks to God, as he always did. He did what he always did again and again. I want to be a Daniel. You do? Yes, I want God to use me like a Daniel. Well, guess what? 
He doesn't recognize that ungrateful spirit. Because you are not the man or the woman that God wants you to be in the spirit of ungratefulness. You're stuck. In fact, you're more aligned to Satan in ungratefulness and unthankfulness. Because the DNA of God is gratefulness. Is this a little too deep for you all today? I tried to throw myself in there. I want you to see this as I almost come to a close. (laughs) Somebody's clapping for that too. (laughs) You can't be grateful about me hurrying up. (laughs) Psalm 106, the Bible says God gave Israel. He fed Israel as they came out into the wilderness. What was the food? What was the bread? Manna. And of course, manna means what is this? (laughs) What is this? But he fed them supernaturally. And every day they'd go out and there was the bread for them to gather. It was sweet. It was like pancakes. And the Bible says they came to a spot, though, in Psalm 106 and verse 14. But they began to become ungrateful for the manna. They became ungrateful and unthankful. We don't like this food. We don't like these clothes. We don't like these shoes. We don't like this house. We don't like this car. We don't like this city. And they became, if you will, ungrateful and began to tempt God in the desert. So verse 15, he gave them their request. And he sent them quail. How many like quail as an appetizer? (laughs) If you're from Texas with a little bacon, it's awesome. Sorry for my Jewish brothers. But the Bible says he, with, watch this, he gave them their request. They were not grateful for the manna, so therefore he gave them the meat. But with the meat, he sent a wasting disease. He, with the quail, with the meat, in their ungratefulness and in their unthankfulness, the Bible says they were unrecognizable. The word waste means they became gaunt and starved, and they lost their fullness. They literally were altered. I have been around people who, when they have no longer time to thank God and come to the house of God and thank God, you can see it in their spirit. You can see it in their bodies. You can see it on their hearts. You can see, you can see it that they've lost God. I'm not saying they're lost in the hell or in a damnation, condemnation way, but you can tell they're no longer full. And the Bible said they became envious. Notice the next thing. And then they started hating every kind of leader, including Moses. And the Aaron. And the Holy One of the Lord. And watch the next verse. It says, and the earth opened up and swallowed them up. (laughs) Wow. I love Sunday services with Pastor Joe. (laughs) And engulfed the company of Abram. And the fire blazed up their company. And the fire consumed the wicked. The wicked. You know what the wicked were? Ungrateful. And then they made a calf and began to worship the golden image. Watch Notice the progression, guys. All this means is they became more and more, without being grateful for everything, they became more and more connected to the world, and the world just absorbed them. 
And instead of worshiping the true and living God, they began to worship false gods. And they were unrecognizable. That's Psalm 106 in your Bible. How many do not want Psalm 106? The Bible says, and the end was what? Fire and destruction. It's a pattern. When we stop being grateful, I'm going to tell you something. The life of God stops on us. God, I don't want to be ungrateful. I want to be thankful. I want to be grateful and I want to be thankful always and again, always and again, always and again. Why is Paul saying this in Philippians chapter 4? Always and again, always and again. Don't let this out of your life. Turn to the person next to you and say, I am grateful for you. Now turn to the one you should have said the first time. Your wife who you're not talking to and say, I'm grateful. One, uh, one more very encouraging little story in the Bible. And you know where I'm going with this one. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 12, the worship team can come on this one. This is a closer. <laughs> the Bible says Herod, on this appointed day, was dressed in his royal apparel. He was sitting on his throne, on this platform, on the stage, and he was delivering, giving his political speech. And the people listening to Herod, and Herod now is in this place, because the Bible says God places all authority in their places. He is on this throne with all this power, dressed in royal apparel. I mean, he is sponsored by Adidas. He's sponsored by Nike, probably Louis Vuitton, but he's got it. And the people hearing him preach, began to say, wow, he's like God. And the people kept crying out, the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord struck him because he did not what? He did not give the glory. And he was immediately eaten with worms and died. Hello. This is a crazy insert in the book of Acts, because it's true. Because worms or ungodly life lives where there is unthankfulness. I don't think those worms all of a sudden were dropped out of a drone. I think those worms came from the inside of his heart. And when he did not resist, when he did not resist, and he gave himself to himself rather than to God. When he took the glory, in other words, watch this. How many of you are going through something? Let me see your hand. Is anybody going through something? Every hand should have been up right there. Every hand should have been up right there. Give it to God. If not, this thing is going to eat you alive. How many are going through something? <laughs> I don't want worms. My father used to say on that picture, a little chew in the back will take care of that. But that's a whole nother Mississippi conversation. He didn't give it to God. And it ate him up. 
eat up his brain, his mind. Because he didn't give God the glory. See, your mind, your mental health is connected to your thankfulness. Your mental health is connected to your gratefulness. It is the anti-venom to this world. And when Daniel is thrown in the lion's den, what happens? The Bible says the kitty cat, which was a lion, came up to him. He's like, hey, kitty, 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 kitty. And Daniel said, sit down. And I think Daniel put his head on that line and had the greatest sleep he'd ever had in his life. And then the next verse tells us after they took Daniel out of the lion's den, no sooner had they dropped down others into that pit, they were consumed before they even hit the ground. Watch this. Because God couldn't recognize an unthankful spirit. Daniel was preserved by an un or if you will, a grateful spirit, when Paul says, and the mouths of the lions were stopped. No one was with me, but God shut the lion's mouths over my life. You know what it was? Thank you, God, that I'm called. Thank you, God, that my name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thank you that, God, you love me. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that my name is written in the Lamb's Book. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So Daniel... Daniel was with God in his room on an upper chamber, windows open. Let me tell you what you're going to do. If you were Daniel getting ready to potentially be killed or die with a window open and you're three stories up, let me tell you, there is a thought. Maybe I should just jump and just end it. And I'm not, I'm not going to dismiss this thought that I had when I was flying back and just meditating on this scripture. There are people standing at a window with a gun going, I might just jump. Daniel didn't jump. He trusted. And he gave thanks to God. Don't jump. Don't do yourself harm. Because Romans 8, 28 tells us God is going to cause good to come for those who love God. God causes, Romans 8, 28, I want you to see this. The Bible says God causes good to come. He causes all things. God's working this out for you. To those who what? Who love God. But you can't say you love God unless you're thankful. To those who are called, God will not give up on you. Don't jump. Don't do yourself harm. Don't throw anything out the window. That was my other thought. Be grateful that God is going to work this. And I can tell you in my own life, in Lori's own life, boy, thank God we did not become ungrateful. But we gave thanks in all things. And again, always and again, always. And how many... How many could hear the Lord speaking to you today? If God is talking to you today about just being grateful and thankful and you don't want worms coming out of your eye sockets, would you stand to your feet all over this place today before we go? How many are thankful? Come on, would you just express to God? See, when the Bible talks about, why does your church raise their hands? Let the trees of the forest clap. Let everything that has breath 
be grateful. God made those hands to be grateful. God made your eyes to be grateful. God made your countenance to express gratefulness. God wants to do something great in your life, but some of you, I'm just going to be honest with you, you've become bitter and you have sunk or allowed the teeth of Satan's serpent. I'm just telling you, sink its venom into your spirit. And today, God wants you to bless him. Bless him. 